2 Peter chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, we're going to go through this uh, chap- this great chapter, really, uh, verse by verse here this morning. And hopefully uh, we're going to notice a few things. But before we get there, you know, kind of the, how the past couple of weeks have worked out, we've kind of done things a little bit out of order. Uh, if you recall, last week we looked at the life of Jesus as the 12-year-old boy. Right? Remember when he goes and he's left there? Well, he stays there in, in Jerusalem and his parents can't find him. And so we talked to, about the 12-year-old boy Jesus. And, and next week, Lord willing, you know, as we uh, gather to worship, uh, we'll look at a lesson you know, probably centered around uh, the birth of Jesus. As that's that time of year when everyone's thinking upon that. And so that will be sort of uh, next week's lesson. But today, we're going to be talking about Jesus the man, uh, Jesus, the, the returning Jesus to be specifically. So you can kind of see we've been a little out of order in the chronology of his life, but that's okay. More than 2,000 years ago, we, we remember that, that Jesus came to the earth in the form of a helpless baby, and we know that that was a significant day, right? The, the world celebrates it, December 25th. We don't know what the actual day was, but the world has placed that day there to celebrate it. But it was a significant day, whatever day that happened to be, that Jesus was born into the world. A Savior was born into the world. And of all places, he was born in a manger. You know, how ironic it is that that the the king, right, our God was born in a manger. And I think that demonstrates a lot about him, about our God, uh, about the humility of him coming into the world, being born in a lowly manger. And, and of course, the, the dependence that it took uh, for him to, you know, be, be cared for by, by earthly parents and the sympathy uh, that we have for him, for, or that he has for us as well. But, but Jesus, of course, he didn't stay a baby. We know that. He became a man who preached repentance. He, he preached righteousness. And because of that, they put him on a cross. Right? John chapter 1, verse 11 tells us he came to his own, and his own did not accept him. And so because of that... Uh, He's put on that cross, he dies on the cross, but of course he's resurrected three days later, the grave he conquers and he appears to them after his resurrection, and he's still teaching, of course, and before he ascends to the Father, you know, you get there in Acts chapter 1, before he ascends to the Father, what does he do? Well, he promises that he's coming again. You know, just imagine yourself as one of those apostles, as you're watching Jesus, as he levitates into the clouds. And then you hear that voice of those angels saying, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? The the same way that you see him uh, ascending is the same way he's going to return one day. And friends, the hour is coming when that will take place. We don't have all the answers as to how that's going to happen. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 gives us a hint. Paul lets us know, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Uh, We could take bits and pieces throughout scripture about that great day, the, the day of judgment when Jesus will return. Again, we don't know everything that's going to take place, but we, ha- we know enough. And I imagine on that day, on that day, there's going to be a variety of mixed emotions. You're going to have the faithful that day who are going to be victorious. Uh, they're going to be, uh, it's going to be a day of joy, a day of victory. But then for those who are unprepared, it's going to be a day, a terrifying day. A day when Jesus comes back for those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. A day of, uh, of vengeance, a day of flaming fire. This is a day that we must be ready for. 
It's sort of like the parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 25 of the ten virgins. Right? There were some who were prepared for that day, but there were others who were not. And Jesus closed the door on them and said, depart. I don't know who you are. The concept, though, of being prepared, you know, that concept of being prepared for a day that we just don't know when it's going to be is it's sort of hard to fathom, isn't it? It's sort of hard to fathom. You know, there are no signs to when this day is going to take place. There are no hints of when he's going to come back. And it's going to be unannounced for us. And so because of that, we understand that throughout the years, there have been skeptics who have spoken up because of that. Right? Their skepticism has increased. When we get to 2 Peter chapter, uh, chapter 3, we're going to notice, you know, Peter's writing to some Christians here that uh, it's about 40 years has taken place since Jesus has died. And you're going to notice here that there are some skeptics in Peter's day that he's writing about. They're saying, uh, you know, where is he? Right? And so certainly if 40 years is a long time, well, this morning, 2,000 years, uh, about 2,000 years from today, that seems like a lifetime. But we cannot neglect, right? we cannot forget about this great promise that Jesus has made right, to, to, to return. And matter of fact, our text this morning is going to remind us of that. It's going to tell us that we need to be looking forward to this day and that we need to be hastening the coming day of God. Right? Peter's going to say, keep this day fresh in your mind. Right? Wake up every morning thinking, well, is this the day? Is this the day that it's going to happen? I know a lot of times around this year, maybe we'll buy our children those, uh, uh, I think they're called like Advent calendars, right? That sort of uh, count down the days to Christmas. You know, there's about 25 little things that you open up. And again, it's counting down to the days of Christmas. You're anticipating it. You're, you're looking forward to that day. And there's a reason why they don't sell uh, the second coming calendars, because again, we don't know when that day is going to be, but we still should be just as excited. We should still be just as looking forward and hastening to that day. So in a sense, as they often say, we need to live each day as if it was our last. And I think that's what Peter is going to tell us here in this great chapter. But again, the world, uh, Peter's going to refer to them as mockers or scoffers. Uh, They're living life as if... He's not coming. He's not coming ever. And so what answers do you and I have for those individuals? Well, Peter's going to lay that out for us here this morning. How do we keep our faith in his return unwavering? Again, 2,000 years. Is he ever coming back? Maybe, maybe that's some thoughts that you've had this morning. Again, Peter is going to answer those questions for us this morning. Why must we live each day with that day in view? You know, why should we have the mindset of every time we wake up in the morning asking ourselves, is this the day? Again, Peter's going to answer those for us this morning. And so as we look here in 2 Peter chapter 3, notice at the beginning of verse 1, he says, This is how, beloved, the, the second letter I am writing uh, to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder, that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Again, Peter is just, he's just telling us right now, listen, this is nothing new. I'm just reminding you of the things that some of the other prophets, some of the other men of God have spoken. Get ready. Be ready. Be prepared because this day is coming. So let's notice this first point this morning as Peter talks about, writes about the skeptic's problem with that day. Let's read read verses 3 and 4. Peter writes, Know this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? 
For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. And again, we want to make the emphasis here that Peter is writing to these Christians about 40 years after those events happened. And already these people are coming up to the Christians and saying, where is this? Where is this man? Where, where is he? Right? If, there, if there were doubters then, then of course there's going to be doubters today 2,000 years later. But they're saying, listen, that he obviously isn't who he said he was. Or otherwise he'd be here. You believe in this guy? You believe in this guy who, who was nailed to the cross? I mean, you saw him die, didn't you? He's not coming back. He would have already. People die. They're buried. They don't come back from the dead. Right? That's not how it works, Peter say, uh, says to them. Or they say to Peter, come on. Right? You're just wasting your time. You're wasting your time going to church. You're wasting your time reading that book. You've been misguided, misled, misdirected. Right? They heard all those things in their day. We hear that just as much today. So how do we deal with that? Well, I want you to notice these three facts that, 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 that Peter is going to lay out for us. Uh, here, here's the first thing he's going to say. Listen, it, it's happened before. You see in verse 5 it says, For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the Lord at that time was destroyed. Uh, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. And again, Peter says in this first part, listen, you say that, that the world has been going on from the beginning of the creation, you know, day after day after day, as if nothing has ever happened, as if God has never inter intervened. Well, you are willful, willfully ignorant of the fact that God has intervened before. Remember, he brought the flood. That, that's Peter's points here. Right? Now again, God has told us, he has promised us with that rainbow that he would never flood the world again. But God will come back one day. And this time he'll destroy the world with intense heat. He's done it before and he can do it again. Right? That's the first point Peter wants to make is it's happened before. Number two, look at verse eight. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. And now Peter wants us to let us know that God is not bound by time. Right? God is an infinite, infinite being, right? outside of time. You, know, you and I, if we're going to go to a parade, you know, we're going to watch that parade go by you know, float by float, from the beginning uh, to the middle of it to the end. Well, that's not how God views a parade. God sees the beginning and the middle and the end all at the same time. We need, we need to understand that. We need to remember that because for God, a day is like a thousand years, Peter says. Right? Forty years may be a long time for them. That may be a long time for us. You, know, you, you often hear people say, you know, what did you do yesterday? And they'll say, well, I can't even remember what I had for lunch today. You know, you're asking me uh, what, what I did yesterday. You know, it's hard to fathom things that happened a hundred years ago. It's hard to fathom things that happened 200 years ago, right? We didn't have all 50 United States uh, 200 years ago. We didn't even have a country really 300 years ago. We think that's an eternity. Well, again, 2,000 years may be extremely long to us, but God is not worried about time, right? God, that means nothing to God. And so as Peter points out here in the second fact, his second point, God's not bound by time like we are. Like we think of it. And then thirdly, look at verse 9. 
The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Again, here's another problem that the skeptics have. And Peter says, listen, the reason why he has not come back, the reason why is because he is long-suffering. God is a loving God who's long-suffering. He doesn't break his word. He doesn't break his promises. The reason why he has not come back is he's giving mankind the time to repent. He loves everyone so much that he's giving us all the time to get right with our maker. And just like in Noah's day, however, those days will be exhausted, right? Think of when God gave the command to Noah to build the ark. He didn't give him one day to build the ark, did he? I mean, it took Noah at least around 100 years to build that ark. And during those 100 years, he had time to preach to the people. The people had time to repent and get things right. But there was a time when he brought the water upon the world and flooded the world, destroyed the world. And again, that's the idea here this morning is God is long-suffering, but there's a point when he's going to end it and when he's going to bring that judgment. But God is giving us time right now. He hasn't come back because he's long-suffering. You know, if you and I, all New Testament Christians around the world, if we did our job and converted, you know, the close to 9 billion people that are on this planet... Jesus would come back. We'd have no reason to wait. Uh, everyone would be saved. But we know, because God, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, says he, he desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved. And so we'd be with him. But of course, that's not the case. And so he's giving us time. He's giving us time to preach the word. He's giving us time to help convert others. And he's giving other time, people time to repent. And so the skeptic's problem with that day, Peter lays out the answers there in, the first, in those verses. And then we see the Lord's presence on that day. Verse 10, again, why do we hasten to that day? Why do we look forward to that day? Verse 10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Peter says, when he comes again, it's going to happen just like that. I tried to snap, I can't snap, but you get the idea. It's going to happen just like that, just like a thief in the night, right? The objective of, the, of a thief is not to get caught, right? It's to catch you off guard. And that's how Jesus is going to come back. If you expect him to come back at a certain time, you know, you're going to try to prevent a thief, aren't you? You might be armed. You might be ready for them. Well, if you were given hints, if, if the Bible gave us hints, if the Bible told us specifically what day he was coming back, maybe Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, said, listen, I'm going to come back, you know, on December 17th, 2023 at 6 p.m. Central Time, so be ready. What if he did that? What would happen tonight at 6 p.m.? Well, this building would be absolutely packed, wouldn't it? Uh, but God doesn't want people who are cramming for an exam. You know, we talked about that Wednesday night in our Bible class about uh, Bible study. Uh, he's not looking for those individuals who are just going to live the lives that they want to live, but then knowing that, you know, that that's specifically the day that he's going to return to cram for that exam, to get ready at that point. Uh, that's not what God's looking for. Right? He's looking for those who faithfully obey him, uh, not people who are trying to manipulate him. He wants the people to love him. And trust him when he says, I'm coming back. Be ready, right? Keep studying for that final exam because it's coming. Daniel read for us Matthew 24, 37 through 39, where Jesus talked about, you know, just like in the days of Noah, 
right? People are going to be given in marriage. They're going to be eating and drinking. They're going to be going uh, about their lives uh, as normal. And then he comes. Right? Again, the, no hints to it. Uh, it's useless. It's a waste of time for those who try to predict that. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus you know, explained it like this in verse 45, uh, sort of in this parable way. He says, Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom the master put in charge of his household to give them their food at their proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. And truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, My master is not coming for a long time, and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And as Jesus is proclaiming in that message, listen, he's going to come at an hour that you don't expect. You need to stay ready. You need to stay serving because there are going to be individuals who are going to say, um, I don't know if he's going to come. Right? Maybe I can just goof off a little bit uh, tonight. Maybe I can do whatever I want to do tonight because he's not coming tonight. But if we got that mindset, Jesus says, I'm going to return. And there's going to be a big problems with that. Friends, as Peter writes back here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, heaven and earth will pass away. Right? Everything that we own is kindling. I mean, it is. Everything we own is kindling. And he's not coming back to set up a kingdom. He did that in Acts chapter 2. Right? He's reigning now in heaven. He is going to come back, he's going to return, and he's going to sum up human history. And so then finally, point three, as Peter, uh, again, is explaining, why should we look forward? Why should we hasten this day? Well, here's our portion. Here's our part. Here's our responsibility, starting in verse uh, 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Jesus is saying here, since I'm coming back, I expect you to find, us, find you in a certain way. Number one, living a holy and righteous life. But also, number two, looking forward to this day, right? Hastening this day. And that's the question we asked this morning. When was the last time you wondered, is this the day? When was the last time that you woke up and said, okay, this could be the day. Do I have everything right in my life? Do you even think about that? Do you think about that question? Or do you figure that, you know, I'll, I'll be dead and gone before he ever comes back? But Peter says our mindset, our Christian mindset, ought to be to be looking forward to this day. Well, why? Because he says it's going to change the way you live. If you're constantly thinking, wondering, could this be the day? Could this be the hour? Right? Could it be tonight? There's going to be a lot of changes in your lives tonight. Wouldn't there be? You're going to change the way you live. Otherwise, you're never going to think about living holy, a holy life. And that should motivate us to live holy lives as his children, because he could come at any time. Looking forward to that day, hastening that day. There's a sense of eagerness in that word, isn't there? A sense of urgency. 
You're eager for that coming. You're watching. You're waiting. You know, we hasten some dates, don't we? Maybe it's your birthday, right? You know your birthday is next week, and you're, you're hastening that day. You're ready for that day or, or the weekend. You know, we get to Monday and Tuesday, and man, I really wish the weekend would hurry up and get here. Again, we hasten that day. Peter says we have to hasten the day of the Lord. Is the return of Jesus simply an occasional thought in our lives? Is right now, let me ask you this this morning, is this this morning, is this the first time that you maybe have thought about that in quite a while, that this could be your last day? Is it on your agenda? Peter says in these verses, listen, beware, right? Don't get lazy in life. Don't get complacent. Don't get casual. Don't get mediocre. Have you ever been on a long road trip with children? You know, and kind of pack them into a, a vehicle where, you know, every once in a while after the trip begins, you start to hear, Mom, he's touching me again. Or, or Dad, she, she's staring at me. Tell her to stop staring at me. Right? Kids do that on these long trips. Why? Why? Because they're getting bored. Right? They're taking their focus off the trip. When we get bored, when we stop looking forward to that day, we can get in all types of trouble. Peter doesn't want us to do that. You don't want to lose your focus on this great day. He says, be diligent to be found without spot and blameless. Keep this day fresh on your mind. Jesus came 2,000 years ago as God in the flesh. Humans saw him face to face. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that he, he, he dwelt with us and we saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth, and that word dwelt uh, could be translated tabernacled. Right? He, he tabernacled with us. He pitched his tent. He lived with us for a brief moment in time, and we got to see how God was like in the flesh. We, we got to see how he would react in certain situations. And, of course, you and I weren't there, but thankfully all of that's recorded for us to read this morning. But he's coming a second time, as he has promised. He's coming a second time, again, not as a, a helpless baby, Uh, but as the Lord of hosts with his mighty angels and flaming fire, and we need to be looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. This morning, someday will be our last Sunday service. I mean, that's just inevitable. Someday will be our last Sunday where we come together, right? And it might be today. Again, we just don't know. And if God says, okay, this morning is going to be the last one, Uh, I've waited long enough. I've given everyone enough time. Uh, I've given everyone enough time to hear the the gospel proclaimed. I've given everyone enough time to change their lives and repent. Are you okay with that this morning? Are you okay that this may be the last time that you have a chance to change your life for the better? You know, we all talk about the judgment day sometimes in, in fearful terms, right? But again, for the Christian, for the child of God, it won't be a fearful day. Right? This will be the greatest day of your life when Jesus comes back. To be able to shed all that grief and worries and anxieties and the pains of this life. To, to have that reunion with, with loved ones who have gone on to the Lord. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a parent. But, but there's that reunion that's going to take place. And to be in the arms, most importantly, to be in the arms of the one who has loved you more than anyone, Jesus Christ. And we ought to be looking forward and hastening to that day, keeping it on our minds at all times. But maybe this morning you haven't given any urgency, any hastening to your eternal destination. As we often say, no one is promised tomorrow. We're not. 
Again, we could leave uh, this building here and, and Jesus could re- decide to return. Right? We, we might not make it home. Automobile accident, something, a heart attack. We just don't know. Are you okay this morning? Is there sin in your life this morning that's holding you back? That would hold you back from eternal salvation? Friends, deal with that now. Take care of that now. Eternal punishment because, because we're too stubborn to admit that we're wrong? Well, that's going to happen to some. Uh, everlasting fire because maybe you were too embarrassed to come forward to, to, you know, to ask for forgiveness to the, the church for maybe a public sin that uh, took place in your life? Maybe you had it in your grasp. Right? You heard that, that gospel call. You heard that gospel message. The good news that Jesus Christ died and arose from the dead. And that uh, if we would simply just believe in him and repent of our sin, confess him as Lord, and be baptized for the forgiveness of those sins, that he will add us to his church, uh, that his blood will wash us of those sins, and that we can have a home in heaven. And again, maybe this morning, maybe this morning is the last time you will hear that message preached. Are you okay with that? Are you okay that, that he is going to maybe possibly return today, tomorrow, next week? Again, we don't know, but we ought to live lives as we are waiting for it, looking for it, and hastening it. And this morning, if we can help you in any way, assist you in any way, maybe you need the prayers of the congregation. Maybe you need the encouragement of the Christians here. Maybe there's sin in your life that you need to get rid of. Because again, you just don't know. You just don't know what tomorrow may bring. Or this morning, if you're ready to become a Christian, to put your faith in Jesus, to to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to be added to the Lord's church, we would love uh, as well to assist you with that. Or maybe you just want to study about those things. Again, uh, there are many here who would want to study with you about those things, what the Bible has to say to becoming a Christian. And please, just come forward as together we stand and sing this song of encouragement.